And now let us go to God in prayer for the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 1. Listen to God's word for us. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. I'm so glad to be with you this morning and this summer while Bobby is on sabbatical. Bobby hasn't even been gone a week, and already someone has been trying to impersonate him through a hacked email, which you might have received this week. So, so far, things have been going really well. But seriously, you all have been so welcoming to me and gracious, and so I thank you, and I promise I will not impersonate Bobby or try to in his preaching. So in fact, I'm going to help you this morning. Are you ready? Lower your expectations. I'm not Bobby. Okay, did you lower your expectations? Lower them again, because I'm not as good as he is, but I believe with all my heart that the word of God is living and active and that it can change you and it can change me. And so our second scripture reading, another Old Testament passage, is from Isaiah chapter 41, and I invite you to follow along in your Bibles as I read. Isaiah, the 41st chapter, beginning in verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness the cedar the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain, and the pine together, so that all may see and know, all may consider and understand, that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have to confess to you all that I am a terrible gardener, but every summer 
when the weather gets warmer, I just have this itch to go out into our yard and plant a garden. Last summer we didn't do that because we were out of town a lot, but this summer we decided we were going to go to Home Depot and get all the supplies that we needed and pick out some seeds and tomato plants. And actually this year we decided to do something different. We found a planter that's supposed to be a self-watering planter. And we came home and we planted all of our new plants in this thing. And at the store, we had gotten all the things that we were told we needed, the, the soils and the fertilizer and all the things that makes everything balanced so that it can grow this garden. Well, we planted everything in our backyard, and I am sad to say that there has not been much growth that we can really see so far. I have some faith that those tomatoes might grow, but um, I'm afraid that we might not have gotten all the balance correct in the soil. And so I am in a little bit of despair, and I'm hopeful but afraid that our garden might not be fruitful this summer. Well, it's the same in my life. So often in my life, I'm trying to find this perfect balance so that my life can feel fruitful. And in my season of life right now, I have three children, one that's a preteen, almost 12, and twins that are 10. And our lives feel very busy and frenetic. And I often bemoan the fact that I don't have a lot of balance. But this week, I was reading a book called Spiritual Rhythm by Mark Buchanan. And he writes that our culture has a myth, a myth that balance is possible. He says that everyone longs for that magical combining of rest and play and work that once found will make life simple, elegant, easy, balanced. And yes, I confess, that's what I long for too. Where is the perfect middle, the right proportion of duty and freedom, church and job, neighbors and family, time for others and time for me, he asks. And he concludes, there is none. It is no more to be found than unicorns or perfect churches. There are only seasons, he says. Seasons for everything. And seasons are inherently unbalanced. So I had to think about that. Seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. Now, if we all think about this, each of the seasons has unique characteristics, and we do not demand or expect that they look or feel the same, do we? I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and y'all, it has two seasons, winter and summer. And my husband is from California, where it's summer all the time. So I love living in Virginia where we have four distinct seasons. I particularly love watching the trees and foliage throughout the year. Everywhere you look right now, it is green and lush because it's summer. But just a few months ago when the stark leafless branches of winter started coming alive, that was my favorite season of all. Because it seemed that day by day, you could see new pops of color all around the city. Cherry blossoms and dogwoods and azaleas. And when spring is in full bloom, it is gorgeous in Richmond, isn't it? 
But to me, spring is a setup for summer. In summer, my kids look forward to picking luscious wild blackberries and going to our local farmer's market near our house where we can find tables laden with an abundance of vegetables and fruit. And then, of course, after summer, we can anticipate the trees showing off their full glory of their leaves in color. And finally, those leaves will fall off and once again expose the bare, plain branches of winter. Each of these seasons is unique, and each of them have a purpose. But none of them, if you think about it, display balance. A bare tree in winter does not have just a few green leaves on it making chlorophyll. It has none. And a lush tree in summer doesn't have a few limbs just hanging out, resting without making leaves. If it did, those branches would be dead because they are not doing what they're supposed to in that season. One day this past fall, my husband Phil came home from from work and announced that he had a confession and he said, don't be mad at me. Those are never good words. So bracing myself, I said, well, what is it? And he announced, I bought some trees. Now I laughed because I wasn't mad at him, but it just seemed a little bit random. And it turns out that at work uh, that day, someone had been telling him about her pear trees that she had planted that were just now coming into fruit. And Phil asked her, so you mean you just go outside and pick your own pears? And for whatever reason, that intrigued him. And he got on the website where his coworker had bought those trees, and he clicked two trees, and he ordered them. Obviously, he had too much time on his hands that day. Well, the trees finally came in the mail. But when Phil opened the box, he was sorely disappointed to find two bare root trees, which basically looked like sticks with one end wrapped in dirt and burlap. But we went out into the yard to find some good places to plant them, and he diligently watered them each day so that they would hopefully take root. Now, my husband, I told you we're not great gardeners, but He is not the most patient of men, particularly when it comes to gardening. And so after a few weeks of waiting for his trees to grow, he said, I don't think they're growing. Nothing's happening. And I told him, have faith. They are growing roots that we can't see. And then winter came along, and after the snows that we had, Phil said, those trees definitely are goners. I don't think they survived the freeze. And I just said, in my optimistic way, just keep waiting and watering. And then the weather got warmer, and those trees, those sticks, still looked like sticks coming out from the ground. And by this point, Phil had given up. Those trees are dead, he said. And he didn't believe me when I went out there to look, and I saw these little tiny bumps on the stick that to me looked like the beginnings of buds. He said, no, you're wrong. Those sticks look exactly the same as the day that I got them. Nothing has changed. So I was the one that kept on watering. And then one day, in the mysterious and miraculous way things grow, a leaf popped open on those sticks. My kids saw it one morning, and they came running back into the house yelling, Dad, Dad, look, there are leaves on your trees. Phil couldn't believe it. He ran outside to see because he didn't want to take their word for it. And sure enough, 
Those trees now have lots of leaves on them, and the wood as green and growing. Now, I tell you the story at the expense of my sweet husband, because we can laugh at how ridiculous of, uh, it was of him to expect that his trees would be growing leaves during winter, just as it would be silly to expect that these baby trees would produce fruit right now when they're just beginning to grow. In each season of life, or in each season of its life, something is happening with the tree, but it does not look the same. There is no balance. It is not flowering all the time. It is not producing fruit all the time, nor is it bare all the time. But just because it looks very different from season to season does not mean that it is dead or it is a, an unfruitful tree. The psalmist sings in Psalm 1, The trees will yield their fruit in its season. Churches and people have seasons too. You may not be aware, but the church universal, church with the big C, is still in the season of Eastertide, which is why we still are wearing white. It's a season of rejoicing and marveling for 50 days from Easter Sunday to Pentecost, the longest celebration, rejoicing and marveling in the resurrection of Jesus. The church, little c, also has different seasons. This church, Grace Covenant, we are in a season of sabbatical, a season of rest this summer. But that doesn't mean we are on vacation or checked out or unengaged. This summer at Grace Covenant may look and feel different, but this tree is not dead. In the mysterious and miraculous way things grow, something will be happening under the surface that we cannot see. And individually, as people, we are all in different seasons of life. Sometimes those are seasons of our life stages, such as childhood or youth, young adulthood, being newly married, preparing children, retired, or being homebound. Other times, our seasons are defined by great pain, a death or grief, or something ending in our lives, a devastating loss, unemployment, depression, crushing disappointment, or a season of great joy, new love, expecting a baby, graduation, a promotion, personal success. In each of our different seasons, our spiritual lives will look different too. Rather than seeking balance, seasons demand rhythm, and every season will have a different rhythm. When I was in the season of raising very young children, I often felt guilty that I didn't have the time and energy to pray and read the Bible as I ought or as I had the time to do when I didn't have young children, let alone did I have the time to rest. My life was in constant demand from little ones. A pastor tells a story about a father who asked him one time, how do I keep Sabbath in this season of life? And so the pastor asked him the names of his children. And as the father choked up by telling him his names, this pastor said, It is just as Jesus would have it, Gary, that your heart is wide open and easily broken by just the names of your children. Little Madeline, she can't talk, can't walk, just starting to sit up and crawl. The kingdom belongs to her. 
She already has access to the kingdom life. She lives under the rule and reign of God without hesitation, default, pretense, avoidance, without even thinking about it. Your primary task now, he said, is to receive the kingdom through her and to imitate her in living under God's rule and reign. Gary, the kingdom is in your midst. Be where your children are and the kingdom is near. And isn't that, at least in part, what Sabbath rest is? The rhythm of his life looks different in that season and in my season with young children. Where reading the Bible might not have looked like hours on end by myself, but reading aloud to my children, or praying as I did the dishes, or praying in desperation as I was changing another diaper. That was the rhythm in that season of life. But in other seasons of life, we have more time to do spiritual disciplines or do the things that we want to do for the kingdom. There will be a different rhythm. So what season of life are you in? What rhythms are you cultivating in this season of your life? And what is God growing in you in this season? Because actually that is just it. That is the point of, all, of it all. We might think that we are the ones who are expected to grow. We might think that we are the ones that make the growth happen. But in Psalm 1, we see that the tree was planted by streams of water. And even if that stream dries up, Isaiah tells us, God will open rivers, even in the wilderness, even in the places and seasons that seem like perpetual desert and winter. On this weekend, when Memorial Day, um, on this Memorial Day weekend, when we slow down to remember, it is good for us to remember that it is God and God alone that has planted us right where he wants us. God is the one that sustains us no matter the season that we are in. He is the one who brings about the growth and the fruit for Christ's glory alone. And so, church, in whatever season you are in, trust in our master gardener. Amen.